0: Welcome to B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper, brought to you by TRUE. For too long, B2B has lacked creativity and inspiration, leading to alarming declines in effectiveness, and marketing departments being slowly devalued more and more within their organizations. We're here to change that by getting under the skin of what it really means to be a highly effective B2B marketer we will be speaking to some of the brightest minds in the industry to discuss what they're doing to be a bit more, well, Don Draper. And now, here's your host, Stuart Black.
1: Joining us today on B2B Marketing Needs Don Draper is Amy Stankist. She's responsible for building and executing the global marketing strategy for S&P Global Market Intelligence, now a $2 billion business within a highly competitive industry. Amy leads an award-winning team of 80 marketing professionals focused on driving growth through generating quality leads and converting into sales pipeline. So Amy Stankist, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure.
1: First off then, what does being a bit more Don Draper mean to you?
0: So aside from all of the obvious characteristics that I think a lot of people will think about first when they think of Don Draper, I would go with thinking about the customer first. So very much understanding the customer, really taking the time to get to know who they are, what they want, how their businesses work and what they want to achieve. And I think Don Draper would really take that time to put in that personal effort to build those valuable relationships. And then on top of building those relationships, it's obviously having that amazing creative process and thinking about those new and different and interesting ways to engage with the customers to make sure that they're building incredible creative and making sure that they're delivering the message in a really kind of simple and impactful way as well.
1: Couldn't agree more. Sounds simple, very tricky in reality, but we'll get into that. Absolutely. S&P Global Market Intelligence provides essential information so your clients can make better decisions. Tell us the problems your clients tend to have and how you help solve them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we have a very diverse set of customers with very broad ranging, complex problems. Uh, So I won't go through all of them because we might be here all day. But I'm certainly happy to give you a couple of good examples of our main parts of our business. I'll start with credit risk analysis. So that is really about helping our customers to figure out which companies, both private companies and public companies, they want to do business with. So it could be that they're looking at companies they want to invest in, um, maybe companies they want to invite to be part of their supply chain, or welcome them as new customers or counterparties in any particular transaction. So at S&P Global Market Intelligence, we provide that detailed credit risk insight, we provide reports, modelling, analytics so that our customers can assess another company's credit risk very easily and, and through our very intuitive platforms. Um, and obviously, we've just been through a pandemic which has has added a lot of turmoil to a lot of industries. So um, at this point in time, it's, it's even more important. We're able to help our customers understand the probability of default across certain industries, across certain regions. So it really is kind of digging into... What they really need to know about the companies that they're working with. The second example I would give, which is a really, really hot topic at the moment, and it's a a big growth part of our business, is around ESG. So that's environmental, social and governance. And we provide um, analysis and strategy building information to our customers. So I think all of us know these days that climate change, resource scarcity, today more than ever, and population dynamics um, are becoming more and more important across the world in every country, in every industry. So companies need to be able to plan for the future. They need to remain competitive in this market, and therefore they need to build these ESG factors into their decision making to stay ahead, especially related to climate. um, There are... Risks, there are opportunities that are facing companies. So they really need to be informed. Um, so, again, in our platforms, we have all types of different data and analytics and, and lots of great, kind of up to date and timely news within their industries, within their regions, and, and around their own companies as well, so that they can make much more informed decisions about how they're building ESG factors into those decisions and making sure that they can really trust that information that they're basing those decisions on.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't look like it's an issue that's going away anytime soon. It's just going to get more and more important. So it's important to be on top of it. Absolutely. In your role as Global Head of Marketing, what are you responsible for exactly? And what are your burning priorities today?
0: Mm. Yeah. So I am responsible essentially for building the marketing strategy across S&P Global Market Intelligence. So we are a very, very large and complex business. But I'm there to make sure that we have a simple but powerful marketing strategy, because like I said before, we have a very large and diverse set of solutions for a diverse set of customers as well. Um, Those customer types could be anything from investment banks, corporates, governments, insurance companies, and so on. Um, So all of them have very unique needs. They have complex needs. So within our marketing strategy that, like I say, I try and keep it really simple, Our strategy is boiled down to three main areas of focus. The first is around brand positioning and awareness. The second is market and customer engagement, which is so important to us. And we need to make sure that our thought leadership content um, is timely, relevant, and that we're continually investing into our digital channels as well, which are more important than ever. And then we do have a very aggressive lead generation um, piece of our strategy because we are really aligned to our sales team and we're there to to fuel that sales revenue pipeline so really really important i would also say that you know as you mentioned it's a it's a large global team of of 80 individuals so it's really important for me that all of the team have very clear goals and very um, aligned goals so we're all pulling in the same direction this gives the whole team a really clear sense of our objectives and our kpis and then how they align to the company goals overall And I do have this ethos, which I I kind of put in place about three years ago when I joined the company, which is less noise, more impact. And it basically means that we needed to prioritize. And so, three years ago, we really set on this journey of prioritization and making sure that we were creating less and not just creating things for the sake of it or just because one of our partners in the business has has asked for something. We really needed to assess what's going to really provide the ROI and the great customer experience and then really really focus on that as well i would also add that you know with with 80 individuals in all different locations around the world some in you know sort of major centers with a a larger group of the team some are you know either very remote or they may be in an office with the only marketer so i want to make sure that everybody feels like they're part of this happy big global diverse team um and have fun and and really enjoy their jobs people are a, a huge you know part of my job and a huge priority for our company as well. So always want to make sure that they're, they're having a good day. Um, we've all been through a lot in the last couple of years, um, all, all working from home and everything else. But we've been trying to bring the teams together in different ways, virtually, you know, having some fun meetings and get togethers. But we've also been hosting regular innovation and ideas roundtables because I think it's really important to help the team get out of their day to day from time to time and bring them together to give them the space to brainstorm and give them the space to think and just try and have some fun conversations and meetups with people that they don't necessarily work with on a daily basis. So just trying to make them feel like one cohesive global team as well. So lots going on.
1: Absolutely. Sounds very busy. And you talked um, a little while ago about ESG. Can you just tell us briefly how that plays a role in your communications and brand building?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, we started out with ESG last year, really putting a focus on with this campaign called See What Matters, and it was a really impactful but very beautiful creative campaign. And it was quite an emotive campaign as well because there are some very big issues that that come to the forefront when it comes to ESG. Um, you know, in our campaign we had the images of of some floods and sustainable fishing and sustainable cities and you know, renewable energy sources and the importance of bees and pollination and, and everything that, you know, I think human beings do really, really care about. And that campaign was immensely successful because not only did we engage people at the brand level through this very powerful creative, but we also were really bringing the The key matters um, to the forefront to start that conversation and to also obviously show how we can help companies make those decisions around around ESG and, and making the right decisions for the future of, of their company and and their industry as a whole and then I would say also in in addition to our external campaigns we take ESG and all elements of ESG very, very seriously at S&P as well. Um, So we're very focused on what we call DEI. uh, So that's diversity, equity and inclusion. Um, This is now baked into S&P Global's goals um, for 2021 and beyond. Uh, We make sure that it's applied across all of our marketing activities. We've set up a working group to drive this principle forward um, and make sure that it's just baked in and, and threaded throughout all of our activities. Um, So this could mean things like making sure that we're highly inclusive in our hiring policies, that we have really diverse interview panels when we're recruiting, that we have diverse speakers at events when we're attending events and when we're uh, asking our customers to speak or, or maybe other external partners. And we also make sure that any of our charitable giving that we sometimes do as part of our campaigns, such as for the See What Matters campaign, we awarded all of our webinar attendees, for instance, by planting a tree in our SAP Global Forest in the Philippines, which is a very, very cool thing. And that was highly popular. And we got lots of great feedback for that. But we make sure that any charitable giving or any initiatives like that are highly aligned to our to our values and to, to our ESG values and obviously all events and, and giveaways and, and everything that we're doing that has anything physical, um, make sure that any, any of those items are sustainable um, that are sourced from, from reputable companies as well. So it really does flow through everything we do from external campaigns right through to how we do business every day.
1: Great stuff. And let's let's focus back on uh, uh, marketing. Then, how is marketing actually viewed within the business? Is it seen as just a colouring in department, as it can be with other financial services firms, or is it seen as more than that for you guys?
0: Um, we're definitely not seen as a colouring in department, thankfully. I do understand what what you mean, though. I mean, I've been in other companies where marketing doesn't necessarily have the seat at the table um, and the voice that we should absolutely have. I think. The way we're seen is we do have a very strong reputation within S&P Global Market Intelligence and um, it's something I'm, I'm incredibly proud of as well. So I think one of the main factors of, of driving that is around having transparent metrics and they've got to align to the commercial goals of the company. And so we make sure that our goals and objectives are completely public across the company we have shared scorecards with the commercial teams. So everybody knows exactly the revenue goals that we're trying to achieve and that marketing has a big part to play in that as well from a lead generation perspective and an engagement perspective as well. So we do actually measure both leads that have converted to opportunities and closed one revenue, but also which customers and which prospects have engaged with marketing at a, in a meaningful way? So then that we can see the broader universe of how many of those deals we've actually touched in marketing in some way, even if it didn't come from the lead itself. But I would say overall, it's really important for marketing to, to talk in the same language as the business. Sometimes in marketing, we can tend to be a little bit in our own jargon at times. And, and I think you've just got to speak more plainly and, and more in the language of, of others as well. We also make sure that we have very clear strategy updates that happen once every quarter. So my team in each region aligned to the commercial teams and those teams really think about how we present our marketing plans, but also our key updates to those teams in a way that makes sense for them as well. So it's um, a well-spent hour once every quarter to really update the business on what we're doing but aligning to the key go to markets the key growth areas. So, you know, it's really, it's just helping people understand what we're delivering in marketing and, and what the value of that is. And that's, again, we wrap all of that up in this creativity as well. So I do think the creativity of marketing is really important. We do bring something that other teams Maybe don't, but the creativity does have to convert and to translate into that ROI and that increase in business for the company. So we've got to be very clear about how those things link together.
1: Can you tell us about a campaign or a piece of work that you're really proud of that shows that creativity?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I I talked a little bit about um, see what matters. So this was the ESG campaign, which was just so exciting to work on because I think with with the notion of ESG you can actually start to use very creative kind of beautiful imagery and really kind of emotive storytelling type of content as well so bringing those things together into a, a really big impact campaign that we delivered across all regions globally across all languages that you know we do business in essentially um, and really thought about how we drove growth for one of our our biggest um our biggest focus areas at the moment so really lining up a go-to-market with our sales colleagues with our product colleagues and and many other functions across the company we really needed to put our best foot forward in terms of creativity and get people really excited to um to get behind that so we did engage um at that point with um our in-house agency on the creative process and we went through the full kind of Briefing process, uh, because we, we knew we needed a really powerful, um, impactful kind of wrapper for this campaign that would really package up everything that we wanted to, to tell the market. And so within the See What Matters tagline, it's obviously quite a, um, quite a short and punchy tagline, but it does allow for other themes to kind of sit within that. So we really defined the kind of four themes within um, the campaign and made sure that each week or every couple of weeks, we had a creative that really represented that that theme or that piece of the the campaign. So all of the different creatives, they felt like one kind of beautiful series that really one led on from another. But the imagery and and the the messaging that we put together for that was was incredibly kind of engaging for the market as well. Um, we really tried to think about as well because obviously digital is so much more um, important and impactful now than more than ever Uh, especially obviously as of last year we're not really out there and doing any kind of out of home advertising or we're not doing as much um, events you know in-person events and that type of thing so digital engagement was really important for us so bringing that creativity and that beautiful kind of imagery and and messaging and packaging that up into assets that we could use across many, many different digital channels and trying to engage people in in many different ways, whether that's, you know, through our social campaigns or through our, through our digital advertising, through our email campaigns. Um, it all needed to align perfectly and be part of the same journey and help people, uh, the prospects that we were trying to engage, really kind of understand what, the next step in that sort of story was and and how they could engage with us so building that really emotive content that brought them in um, helped them really engage through the digital channels and then making sure that they understood that we had the solutions that could help them with with their needs was was incredibly important but the creative was really the the sort of wow moment throughout the whole campaign
1: now, financial services have historically not been known to to be overly emotional, but we know that emotion drives preference and demand across all segments of the market. So how important is emotional messaging in financial service marketing?
0: I think it's really, really important, actually, and, and more so than people would assume. Um, and I think that's because in B2B marketing generally, actually, people are making very big decisions and they're making decisions that are incredibly important for the businesses they work for and themselves as individuals in their careers so there's a lot of a lot a lot of rides on some of these decisions so i really feel like um we need to be able to build in human emotions into campaigns because human emotions drive decision making um and we need to be able to build that trust and that sort of comfort that our prospects and our customers need to have to be able to make those decisions more easily um, and to be able to do business more effectively. Um, Without that trust, I mean, nothing really, really gets done. Um, And we do have uh, our people within our organization are a big differentiator. And so we try and bring our people to the fore as much as we can. Um, the way we service our clients across the board, and make sure that we're supporting them all the way through that kind of buying journey, and then beyond. Obviously, once they become our customer, making sure that customer support and and service that we give them is is always outstanding. And we try and make sure that we're we're really focusing on that that human relationship side of things in our marketing as well, because people want to know at the end of the day that they're doing business with people, human beings, you know, rather than a logo or you know a faceless company which I feel like we have to reflect that across across our creative across our our marketing campaigns um financial services weaves through all of our lives in hundreds of different ways and the infrastructure that is financial services you know makes all of our decisions we all make decisions based on it on a daily basis so we've got to be able to build that human element into financial services and and what it means to people's lives
1: fantastic we have reached the point in the podcast where we uh, give you a a rapid fire round so i want you to respond as quickly as you can uh, to these choices are you ready i am ready okay number one advertising or abm abm logic or magic
0: difficult one logic
1: oh brand building or lead generation (laughs)
0: this is so difficult right now. Um, History, lead generation has always been (laughs) consistent.
1: (laughs) It wouldn't be fun if it wasn't difficult. Okay, number four, what's the problem with B2B right now?
0: For me right now within B2B, it's thinking about the customer experience and how our tech stacks, which are all getting more and more complex and tricky at times, making sure those tech stacks are fully integrated and so we all can see the same customer view and we know what that customer experience is.
1: And Don Draper would fix the problem by doing what?
0: Well, I did see one of his quotes was the day you sign a client is the day you start to lose them, Mm. which sounds a bit negative. But I think with that in mind, he would be very keen to understand the customer more. Like I I said at the start, um, understand what their needs are in their journey and then how he can make each point of that customer's journey better.
1: Mm, never never get too laid back Uh, and then uh, if you could tell all CEOs to read one book what would that be
0: it's a book I'm reading at the moment actually called think again by Adam Grant very very good book
1: okay why that one
0: that one it's it really does challenge assumptions and challenges how you tackle problems and how you interact with other people and can talk about things like decision-making and influencing decision-making, negotiating. There's quite a lot of psychology in it as well. Um, and it's just coming at things from very different ways that you maybe haven't, haven't thought of before. And it, it just challenges you to go, Hmm, I need to think again, hence the title
1: sounds good we will think again and have uh, have a look at that one yeah all it leaves me to do is say thank you so much for a really insightful chat all about um uh, everything that's on the top of all of our minds really enjoyed speaking with you uh, and learning more about your
0: philosophy thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure
1: thanks for listening to this episode of b2b marketing needs don draper you can find out more at trueagency.com forward slash podcasts. i'm stuart black see you next time